Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all major recording platforms with podcasts coming out four to five days a week. I uh, Today's podcast is going to be a, uh, a difficult one to talk about the tough weekend that it was for the Seattle Mariners, uh, Seattle Seahawks, all that stuff. But today's podcast is also a moment and a thank you and a tribute to so many of you that we're going to get into at the very end of today's podcast. If you guys enjoy the conversation I am bringing to you today, as well as stuff in the previous and as well as stuff coming up in the future, please do me a favor and subscribe and leave a rating on this podcast. It helps me out a ton and lets me know what you guys think. Uh, I do have a Twitter handle for the podcast as well on Twitter at Westside Sports Podcast is the way to find me if you guys want to reach out ask me some questions for for future shows today's podcast is going to be a full deck of cards today we've got uh around the world like we always start out with every single time covering all the big stories around the sports world uh we got a good mariner section today covering a lot of the injuries updates couple state of the farm stuff as well mariner uh seahawks obviously as well u-dub wazoo and uh got some WNBA for you guys as well today and with that being said, let's get straight into it. And speaking of WNBA, it has to be the headline. And normally my headlines are NFL, MLB, but I try and be as widely or as, as much of a wide network and uh, as covering as I can for you guys because a lot of us are WNBA fans, excuse me, because of the Storm and Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd, right? So first of all, congratulations to Asia or Aya Wilson, I believe it's Aya Wilson, of the Las Vegas Aces on becoming uh, a WNBA champion, MVP, and defensive player in the same season. Obviously, that is a tremendous accomplishment, a tremendous season, and I have to give her a lot of props. That is one hell of a year for her and for that team. Congratulations to Becky Hammond uh, for the head coach for the Las Vegas Aces, who is uh, Popovich's pretty much protege, uh, coming out of the San Antonio Spurs. So I want to give them a little love, a little shout out this morning or this afternoon, getting this podcast out just about on time today. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, as we all saw on Sunday, uh, 49ers fans in our organization, uh, quarterback Trey Lance was carted off the field with an apparent leg injury, uh, later diagnosed as a broken ankle. Unfortunately, he will be out for the remainder of the season this year. Huge loss for the team. Uh, this kind of unfortunately at the same time ends a quarterback uh, drama that I've been covering for a very long time, a good chunk of time here on the podcast between Jimmy G, Trey Lance. Uh, unfortunately, and this is kind of not a great look for the organization or for the team in general, or maybe just the, the locker room, that there are multiple reports from credible sources from The Athletic that are stating that multiple uh, players within the, the locker room were relieved that Jimmy G was back at the helm for the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, uh, probably not the way they want it to happen. They'd probably rather see a struggle as far as uh, skill sets and being able to use and utilize the full system. But once again, uh, the Shanahan's find a way to break mobile quarterbacks, and that's a fact. They hurt Robert Griffin, they ended his career. And now Trey Lance has a broken ankle. and broke. I mean, broken bones are easier to come back from than obviously like a torn Achilles, an MCL, an ACL, stuff like that. So 
fingers and toes crossed and say a prayer for, for the young man because that is a very, very unfortunate uh, early ending to his season, which was very critical to see whether or not that uh, draft selection and trade that the 49ers did to acquire Trey Lance would have come to fruition and see what he's able to do under the Shanahan scheme in San Francisco. Mike Evans suspended one game for his scuffle with Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, I did not see if Lattimore was suspended as well. I know that Mike Evans uh, kind of started the whole fight or the scuffle between him and Lattimore. This goes back to previous seasons. These two have no love lost between the, the two of them. They've had multiple instances in the past, and this time it just came to a pushing match. So, uh, obviously a loss for the Buccaneers who struggled mightily in this game it was not a positive win by any form of the fashion. It's just a win. A win, a dub is a dub, as they say. So we'll be curious to see what happens and what can uh, become of this for fantasy owners like myself. I do not have Mike Evans this year as I have had in multiple years past. But now the fact that Chris Godwin's also coming back from that injury. I don't know the status of Russell Gage. At this current time, I know Julio Jones, as always, is battling some kind of a leg injury like he always does every part of the season last, I don't know, five plus years. But if I'm uh, Tampa Bay, I'm going to look out and see if I can't snag some people off of practice squads and just see if Tom Brady can trust them because, unfortunately, Scotty Miller is still MIA, and I think Scotty Miller could be a huge part of that offense. NBA and NBA Players Association are expected to agree on lowering draft age for uh from 19 to 18 this would allow for high school players to go straight from the high school to the nba as it used to be back in the days of kevin garnett and kobe bryant cardinals and dolphins made huge comebacks on sunday Tua tonga vialoa had a career day posting 36 of 50 passes for 469 yards six touchdowns two picks the dynamic duo of tyreek hill total yards four touchdowns fantasy owners rejoice over the tremendous outing that it was and the huge comeback for the Dolphins. I got to give a rounding props and a little bit of a quick clap here for uh, Mike McDaniel, who was kind of thrown under the bus, for better lack of a statement, after all of the offseason transgressions with the Dolphins. First accused of tanking, then the Brian Flores stuff came out, and then, um, unfortunately, the information about Sean Payton one to come in with Tom Brady was nixed quickly after all of this stuff with Brian Flores came up and uh, Stephen Ross, the owner, being fined all that money and then being removed from team activities after publicly admitting to tanking and uh and lack of uh lack of love and backup uh for his quarterback Tua Tungtungavailoa. And speaking of lack of uh, love, uh, it's not much of a better uh segment or segue into this section, ladies and gentlemen. Mariners just not playing good right now. This not. This is the worst time of the year. The Mariners can be struggling, unfortunately. There's no if, rhyme, or reason besides for the fact that the injury bug is in full-blown bloom right now. Um, Cal Raleigh's dealing with the giant thumb right now. He'll probably be out till at least Wednesday. Julio's dealing with the sore back right now. Sam for Mitch, who's continuing to rehab. He is in the lineup today, thank goodness, along with Ty France, who's obviously still hurt. Or either, I mean... I hate to put it this way, but for Mariners fans who've been watching every day like I have, there's only two feasible reasons as to why Ty France is doing what he's doing right now. He's clearly hurt, and he's just trying to do everything he can to get inside the lineup whenever he can do so and trying to be a you know pretty productive person within the lineup. Or two, he's just sucking. He just flat out cannot hit the baseball, which is not... Uh, 
this doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't smell right, doesn't taste right, doesn't look right, doesn't seem right. Because Ty France has been a consistent professional hitter for most of his career between AAA, AA. Obviously, it's time inside the major leagues. So, I mean, unfortunately, the guy gets hit more than like any player in baseball. I don't know if that means he needs to change up his batting stance a little bit. Who knows? But what I can tell you is that at least having the combination of uh, those guys back in the lineup is going to be huge, especially with the loss of the biggest uh, injury this weekend, which was a Eugenio Suarez, who fractured his finger, will be placed in the 10-day IL. Expect for him to probably be out to probably the last week of the playoff push just because of the fact that a broken finger and playing baseball, we got to grip things all the time and use that tip of the index, which is where I believe the fracture is. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a problem because you got a grip of baseball, grip of baseball bat, all that stuff, um, the webbing of a glove, the impact, all that stuff. It's going to labor. It's going to wear on that finger. And if Suarez is going to be able to heal that finger in 10 days, it would be like a Regenekine, old Seahawks, Russell, Dr. Stephen Shin days thing. And I'm not going to get into that. That's a little bit of a joke there. Ty France was getting some reps at third base today with Perry Hill. Uh, to replace Suarez for the time being. Uh, Demo will be taking extra reps at first base to uh, kind of... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of uh, match the loss of not having Ty France at first base. Dylan Moore is a good, excuse me, defensive player. So hopefully he's able to fill in and uh, make the most of his opportunities. He had a good day at the plate yesterday. A couple of doubles and a couple of walks. Uh... I think today's uh, pretty much as close as it gets to a must-win for, for, for the Mariners. I understand some people are going to, you know, disagree. I had some people earlier on Twitter today disagreeing with me about, you know, my takes and saying the season isn't over, yada, yada, yada. Well, when you lose, Cal Raleigh, uh, Mitch Hanniger's hurt, obviously. Ty France hurt, obviously. Julio's hurt, obviously. And now Suarez, that's five players out of your lineup. That's five main key cogs out of a nine-person lineup that you're losing. That's over half of your lineup. That's almost all of your punch. And unless Mitch Hanger, by somehow, by rolling the lucky Yahtzee di uh, dice roll, can get back to his normal self, it's a huge loss for, for the Mariners. I don't see a way to really beat around the bush on that. Uh, Logan on the mound today. Need to see him continue to work on his off-speed trust like he did in the previous outing to make us a, uh, as close of a ball game as possible. Uh, the matchup today, as I just was touching on, Logan Gilbert versus Jose Suarez. The Mariners have really struggled against Jose Suarez this season for some reason. I was very wrong. I projected the fact that the Mariners were going to have an offensive explosion in this series due to the fact that Cal Roy has done really well in hitting in this ballpark. But the injuries are just flat out killing us. Just, just sweeping our legs out from underneath our body. It's uh, it's tough to bounce back from. The Mariners, some people, you know, like I just said like a minute ago, were talking about, oh, well, we won 14 games. We didn't have Mitch and Ty. We can do this again. Well, that was also in the point of the season when a lot of the guys are, or a good a good majority of those guys that were in the lineup were considerably more healthy than they are now. Uh, we're just worn down. The guys are getting tired. Obviously, it's the final stretch. But when you want the playoffs and you want it in a 21-year playoff stretch to make sure that the city doesn't revolt into straight chaos, you got to dig deep and you got to find a way to win these games because you cannot get swept by the Angels right now. You cannot do it. I don't care what like any there's no excuses for this the mariners need to win today to at least salvage one game out, out of the series build some momentum as i believe we go down to oakland for the next series if i remember correctly but yeah um i took big l on that one um i thought the mariners were going to come in score some runs i projected six seven runs game one and quite frankly there hasn't been much of anything explosion wise for offense in this series in the city of angels 
Quick prospect update for you guys today. Uh, the Rainier scored a bunch of runs this last, uh, this, yeah, this last weekend, especially in the last game. We saw home runs from Eric Mejia, Mason, Mason McCoy, I believe his name is. There it is. Uh, sometimes I can't read my own chicken scratch. Um, feel for feel off straight up for shout out for all the guys who people in general, ladies included, who have a hard time reading your own handwriting. Um, but yeah, overall, Bryce Miller, starting pitcher in Double A Arkansas, posted his best uh, outing of the year by far. Fourteen strikeouts in the final start for the season, a career high. Huge outing for the very very promising prospect. Uh, he is in Double A Arkansas. Probably anticipate him to challenge for a Triple A spot next year, just due to the fact that obviously. You're gonna have Logan Gilbert, uh, George Kirby, in the in the top two rotation or inside the two out of the five rotation with uh, Castillo and Ray. Number five will be TBD. Obviously, Mark Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, uh, gonna be in that uh, in that role or in that competition for it. And expect to see guys like uh, uh, Dollard and Miller competing for that spot. Unfortunately, Levi Stout has taken a huge step back this season and. Uh, it is what it is. College football. This is a big weekend for, for, for Husky fans. And with that being said, Huskies beat Michigan, love, excuse me, 11th ranked, AP ranked Michigan State 39-28 on Saturday. Michael Penix Jr. led the way going 24-40 in the air with 397 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Wide receiver Polk posted six receptions, 153 yards, three total touchdowns. Uh, some more stats on Michael Penix that I found interesting to start off the season. Second in the nation in passing with 1,079. Fourth in the nation in touchdown passes with 10 total. Twelfth in pass efficiency with 180.8. And to be honest with you, I don't have a bloody clue what pass efficiency means. I just thought the stat was interesting. Uh, Heisman conversation is a question mark. Obviously, this is the kind of offseason that we can hope for or just dream of. But it's very early in the season. Uh, lots of stuff to, to figure out. Stanford's coming in this week for uh UW so it'd be a good competition and good uh it's kind of like a good sound check to see where we're at as far as the season goes to start off the year um now and obviously uh, as I almost skipped over this uh UW is now ranked 18th in the AP which which for me doesn't mean a damn thing a lot of people are going to be like oh well it's a big deal because they beat Michigan State yeah that is a big deal because Michigan State a lot of people picked a close game and the Huskies played a very very good football game absolutely I wish they would have finished a little bit better in the second half, but they they got out to a big half, uh, big second half lead, and able to just kind of coast to victory in that one. Washington State beat Colorado thirty-eight to seven. Cam Ward two ninety-two, four touchdowns and a pick. Henley the linebacker, another tremendous game. Twelve total tackles, eight solos, tackle for loss, three sacks. He continues to be a leader of this Wazoo defense by far. Upcoming game for Wazoo on Saturday will be another great test. Hosting 15th ranked Oregon at the Palouse game will be on Fox. And I kind of want to talk for a minute about the importance of University of Washington and Washington State and what this means for the conference. I had a conversation earlier with one of my listeners that had a great back and forth about the meaning of these wins. And I can't say it enough how, how important this is for Wazoo and UW, especially UW, to get out to these strong starts early in the season. Uh, all the, all the off-season conversation between uh, conferences aligning and the SEC swallowing everything possible, the Big Ten throwing a bunch of money and everything that they can possible. I cannot stand these super conferences. I am. This is one of my most passionate things that I will talk about on here 
is I love the conferences and the breakdowns in between them. If you just get super conferences, all you're going to do is turn teams like Wazoo and make them go to a, uh, you know, like the the WAC conference or the Mountain West or go play in the Boise State's conference or stuff like that, which is obviously a huge loss and detriment for the college, which they don't deserve by any mean. They don't, they don't, they don't need this. They don't. It's not right, right? It's not fair. But unfortunately, college athletics isn't fair. The transfer portals, all of the, the obviously the NIL for all the money that's getting thrown around all over the place is ridiculous. Um, obviously, I, I don't know if NIL had anything to do with Michael Penix coming to UW. I'm not going to get into that because I, I don't talk about things I don't know on here. But what I can tell you is that uh, having a strong outing by these two schools really helps the conference. Uh, Oregon playing well as much as I'm not an Oregon fan myself. Uh, goes back also to the same premise and same idea that's going to help the conference be stronger. And, I mean, if they do have to go to another conference, right, the Big 12, uh, something like that, or the Big 10, right, that most, uh, the larger amount of schools that are having a greater overall season is going to make the allure and idea of these schools combining make it a lot easier on the transition than like it was in the off season where UW was pretty much being left by the side while conversations obviously with USC and Cal about leaving the conference was a huge loss. So I kind of wanted to touch on that for a minute. And uh boy, yeah, this is uh this is the least fun conversation of the uh podcast. Seahawks flat out dominated from start to finish in this game, 27-7 loss in San Francisco, obviously. Uh obviously I did talk about earlier and touched on the injury, unfortunate injury to Trey Lance. Uh thoughts and prayers go out to the young man, his family, um, and all the work he did to get ready for this season. It's just a bummer. I want to see whether or not the kid had it. And now we're just going to see the same old San Francisco 49ers with Debo Samuel, Jimmy G, Bosa, and the crew. P had a couple comments that I want to just kind of dig into here. I'm going to just flat out read the comments, and then I'm going to just uh, I'm going to kind of uh, tear them apart one by one, and we're going to work our way through. First one says, and I quote, We need to trust Geno more. We did not run the ball. We didn't have much of a mix that we needed. So first of all, um, he's talking about Shane Waldron not trusting Geno Smith more. So... All off season, what did we listen to? What did we hear? Gino, 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 Gino. Gino can do it. Gino's our guy. We believe in Gino. Gino has all the all the capabilities of running this offense. So if you don't quote trust Gino and quote didn't run the ball like and we didn't have the mix that we needed, Pete Carroll, you specifically stated on the Mike Salk show before Brock and Salk came back. Even before it was Seattle Sports Station, it was still 710 ESPN Seattle in the offseason that we were, quote, going to get back to our roots like we were in the early days. That means run the football and play quality defense. Well, you couldn't run, you didn't run the ball like you should have. You didn't trust Geno Smith in this game. You didn't throw deep bombs besides for one that was called back on a, on a penalty, uh, which shouldn't have been a penalty because Abe Lucas was not out of the restricted zone, which is a load of garbage. That And that's and people want to talk about, well, how, how, how do you know whether or not he was not out, out of the zone, right? Offensive linemen have a five-yard cushion to leave past if the play extends, right? Obviously, if it's a draw, if it's a uh, power run to, 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 to the side, if it's a slam, a dive, uh, a halfback toss, which doesn't really happen anymore in football, that 
it, you're allowed to run with the rest of the offensive linemen as long as you don't exceed the, the five plus yards, right? And then they talk about getting to the second level. I just, the, for some reason, that one penalty was the one that bugged me because it killed all of the energy and momentum for that drive with not having that come completion to DK Metcalf, which is essentially the only play he was able to get in this game. So you didn't trust Gino more. You didn't run the ball and didn't have a mix like you quote wanted to. Here's another quote. We got to make sure the ball was going down the field to DK. We had a total of 40 plays the whole game. Last week, we had a total of three drives in the second half. So... You're not trusting Geno to throw the ball down the field. DK is not getting his touches. You just paid DK Metcalf a whole boatload of money to be one of the stalwarts of your franchise and of your offense. You're not involving him. You're Now he's already getting frustrated two weeks in, into the season. you know. And I'm sure that when they signed DK to the offseason, or to the extension of the offseason, excuse me, this conversation was going to be had. Hey, look, Geno, or DK... We know we have Geno. We know we have Drew. It's not Russell. You're not going to get the same kind of, you know, production and numbers. But, you know, we're going to do our best to make sure that you still get your 1,000 your yards and your 10-plus touchdowns. So you can get hit your incentives, yada, 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 right? Well, this in order to make those incentives happen, you need to throw the damn ball down down the field, you know? We saw a little bit of tight end incorporation. Uh, Will Disley, uh, Noah Fant, stuff like that. And I got to just for a quick second, quick, quick, quick second here. I just want to, I want to just add, talk about this. What the hell is going on with D. Eskridge? Why do we, can we not figure out a way to use this guy? Shane Waldron, what is going on? Second round draft pick and you can't figure out a way to get him in the ball game. This is by far, this is like almost Malik McDowell. This that would not, not Malik McDowell because Malik McDowell got hurt. Right? This is like LJ Collier, right? And I haven't seen LJ Collier in games, but that's a whole different conversation, right? That you, this guy has all this say all the time. He has all the potential, all the potential. He's going to do great things. He's got to get the ball to him. Well, how hard is it to get this damn ball? Pete, Shane, come on, let's go. What? I don't, I don't understand this. You know, I got some stats upon like, how the Seahawks are broken down in the first couple of games of season, it's not good at all. Like, it's embarrassing, right? So, talk about embarrassing. That trick play and uh, that we all saw at, uh, where DJ Dallas threw through the pick, right? That was intended for uh, DK in the end zone, which was never even going to be close. Here's the last four trick play passes by the Seahawks. 2017, John Ryan, fake field goal, lost four yards. 2017 again, Tanner McAvoy, interception. 2019, Josh Gordon, interception. 2022, DJ Dallas, interception. So the last four times consecutively that you've tried to do to pull a cute rabbit out of your you-know-what, it backfires. Can we just play fundamental football? Is it that hard, Pete? Are you you're just trying to get teams off balance? Well, do what you did at the end of the season last year. Run the football. You talked and praised about the new uh, Andy Dickerson, the new offensive line coach, and how this running scheme is going to be revolutionary and change life and la 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 la. Well, that's funny because our running game has been poor, subpar, or subpar, poor, terrible, whatever you want to call it, right? And uh, before I get into the uh, actual numbers of those of those uh, piss poor numbers, linebacker Boye Mafe only played at 23 of the 76 total snaps Sunday. This needs to rise. Malfe needs to learn. He needs to grow. 
And this is the kind of thing, when you draft another second-round draft pick in Boye Mafe, you need to play him more than a quarter of the snaps to let him grow. Let him learn how football at the big boy level is played. He's got all the potential. We saw the sack. He's extremely athletic. Get him on the field. Especially with the fact that Shelby Harris sustained a rotator hip injury strain yesterday during warm-ups. You need to find a way to get him on the football field. It's not rocket science. Per Bob Condota of Seattle Times, Seattle's 3.4 yards per rush is third worst in the NFL. 8.3 yards per, per completion is the worst in the NFL. we got to find more creative ways to move the ball. The small passing game, Deacon and Dakin all around, no, no joke at Dak Prescott. The small passing game is not going to cut. It's not going to work. Find other other running plays that are going to utilize Rashad Penny and Ken Walker and let the offense run in a more smooth fashion or flat out give the ball to Drew Locke. Whatever it takes, I don't care. I don't care. You call Christian Ponder off the street for all I care. Rex Grossman, some of the worst quarterbacks of my, my teenage years. And it's probably about the same thing we're seeing out of this offense right now. Got to figure it out. Be more, be explosive, throw the ball down, down the field, or else the clamoring for the next quarterback is going to get even louder for the Seattle Seahawks. Walk off and we're out, okay? Obviously, what a disappointing weekend, besides for the UW win over Michigan State on Saturday. Mariners, please just find a way to bounce back today with Logan Gilbert on the mound. This is the kind of game you got to get uh, Santana, Hanniger, France to step up big time, carry this load for this team. Um... This team is obviously struggling. It's got battling a lot of injuries, like I talked about earlier today. And having these critical veteran guys step up and carry this load. Uh, maybe we can try and find some sort of a spark and carry it into the upcoming series. Maybe find our feet again. Probably just a bad, you know, bad place, bad time, bad situation. Who knows? But we got to start on a good on a good note today. Uh, Logan, please just guide us to, to, to victory. Kirk Casale, hope you, please just catch a good uh, do a catch a good job, a catch a good game behind home plate. Do what you do best. Try and uh, have a little bit of offensive production. Would would be great. Sam Haggerty, Dylan Moore, uh, just try and create chaos on, on on the base pass, guys. Whatever you got to do, just please find a way to get it done. Injury reports for the Seahawks. Hopefully, we'll be out today, somewhat shortly or shortly. Excuse me. Curious to see what it looks like after the blowout loss Sunday. Fingers and toes crossed for nothing overly large as we're obviously already beaten up on uh, diff- multiple different platforms across mul- multiple different teams. See us rise, everybody. Go Hawks. And uh, at the end of the podcast today, and now that we're at the very end, I want to take a moment and I want to personally thank every single person who has been listening to my podcast, either from the beginning or if you're a new listener, even starting today. Um, thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart to everybody uh, this podcast, when I literally started this a couple of months ago, was a pipe dream, uh, like shot in the dark, right? You know, a needle in a haystack. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But I am proud to say that I, we have, or excuse me, I have hit, I say we, and people ask me, is there another person or some of the edits? Nope, I do all the work myself. I edit myself. I record it myself. All the stats and all the information are from my own free hands. But uh, we have uh, officially hit over a 1,000 listens 1100 as of today and i am just so thankful and appreciative for everybody who for taking the time out of their days uh and just day after day to listen to these podcasts it means the absolute world to me and the least thing i can do is take a moment or two and just simply say thank you from the bottom of my heart for 
everybody and for all the love and all the shout outs and all of the motivation from everybody. It means the absolute world to me. And uh, I pride myself on being real with you guys. And I just wanted to say thank you so, so very much. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be today's podcast. Episode 50 is in the books. And by episode 50, we have hit the thousand subscribe or the thousand listen goal. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast and you're still on the fence about this, uh, or if you just enjoy the overall conversation, please subscribe if you haven't already and leave a rating. Let's me know how I'm doing. If you can share this plot, this podcast, I don't like to ask a lot of things from people considering that time is precious these days. If you can, that'd be very, very well appreciated. Thank you so, so much. CS rise, everybody go Hawks. And let's get a damn dub today. Peace.